Let's it fly. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host as always, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And up to date and up to speed this week is a huge St. John's win, 70-69 to over Marquette. We're a couple days late with this one, but we had to get a podcast out there recapping the huge win for the Red Storm on the road in Milwaukee against the 10th-ranked Golden Eagles of Marquette. St. John's wins 70-69 to and puts themselves squarely in position now to make the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2015. And, uh, well, welcome to the show, everyone. We've got a huge show. It's a recap show today of that game. Like I said, we're joined in a little bit by David G. Combs. He comes on, does a great job. You'll remember him from earlier in the season. Uh, we, we, weren't, we weren't able to get in contact with him, or not get in contact. We weren't able to set something up with him uh, in the last couple of weeks, but we are p- happy to have him back on now. He does a great job. We've already recorded the interview. Uh, awesome job out of David, as usual. So that's coming up in a little bit. But first, my thoughts on the huge win for the Red Storm. <laughs> and I can just say, wow. You know, it's been now, I'm recording this on uh, Wednesday night. So it's been about 24 hours since that game ended. And I, I, I think I'm still breathing a little bit, a little bit heavy. Maybe I should see a doctor. That's my own physical fitness. But um, I am still like, like you know, pumped up after that game. I, I can barely contain myself uh, all day thinking about that win, thinking about St. John's really taking themselves off the bubble now and, you know, hopefully remaining there the rest of the season. You can't say enough about this team. I, I think, at least in my opinion, I was almost expecting this. You know, I was almost expecting them to go into there and beat Marquette tonight. Uh, they're a better team than Marquette, which is 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 almost frustrating to say when you think that Marquette is a 10th-ranked team in the country. But, hey, St. John's has matched up with them for two games now. One game they won by 20. This game they really controlled the entire way and held on for the victory. So I, I think it's safe to say St. John's is a better team than Marquette. And you know now it's starting to show with this Red Storm team just how good they can be down the stretch. But you know this game needed to be a closeout. Um, maybe the most important win of the Chris Mullen era. Well, yeah, this is the most important win of the Chris Mullen era. Uh, there have been some huge wins. Obviously, last year we all you know, think of that that wonderful week with wins over Duke and Villanova. But when you look at important wins for the Red Storm in the last four or three-plus seasons under Chris Mullen, you can't get any bigger than this. You know, This is a game that gave St. John's a real chance now to be clearly in the NCAA tournament, especially when you see this schedule coming up. And they delivered. You know, we we get on this head coach a lot. We get on these players a lot, too. You know, sometimes rightfully so for effort, for preparation, you know, for what they're saying after the games. But, hey, they delivered tonight. You know, know, and it's one of the most rewarding things as a fan base when your team delivers in a big game like this. And St. John's did. You know, they, they shut down Marcus Howard. He had 17 points. They shut him down. Really, Sansford, you know, one little... Uh, run that he had on his own. Uh, they really shut him down. 
Justin Simon. Uh, I think Justin Simon is the MVP of this game for St. John's. You know, Shamori Ponds had the 28 points. Shamori Ponds put them on his back down the stretch, but Justin Simon scored 19 of his own after having a really, really rough go at it the last couple of weeks. Justin Simon showed up to have play an outstanding offensive game and an outstanding defensive game, locking up uh, Marcus Howard for this game, which is really the reason why St. John's won. And then the other reason why St. John's won Shamori Ponds. You know, you cannot say enough about Shamori Ponds and what he's done in his St. John's career. And this is another one of those signature moments for Shamori in now his third year in, in a Red Storm uniform. You know, 28 points, 9 of 19 field goals. He only hit one three in this game, believe it or not. But it was a huge three that put the Red Storm up six down the stretch. Uh, 13 of their final 14 points for Ponds. Iced the game with that layup and that nice move uh, at, at the end there. And, you know, hey, what can you say about Shamori? He is, you know, we're really going to appreciate this kid, uh, you know, and what he's done for this program. And now it looks as though he's finally going to get rewarded for his play and and make an NCAA tournament barring some unfortunate collapse. But that leads me to my next point, which is, you know, you've now played yourself into a position where you're off the bubble. You're comfortably in the tournament. And now this season can really go one of two ways. It can regress back in these next three games and you can regress back to what you were which is a bubble team if you lose you know two of these next three games at home um you know you can fall back onto the bubble and you can be sweating out on selection sunday and during the big east tournament you can be sweating out whether or not you're even going to be in the tournament or you can use this as momentum you know this road trip i think if anyone would have said you're going to go two and one on this road trip you we would have said you're crazy uh, and they've gone two and one now. Now let's see the momentum. Now let's see them build on this, which they haven't really been able to do since Biggie's play started. You know, you look at the Marquette win, the last Marquette win. They built on that with Georgetown, and then they fell off and they lost two in a row. Then they got a big home win against Creighton, and they went and they lost two in a row. Uh, you know, now this two and one road trip is another chance here to build off of something, to build some momentum. Let's see if they do it now with a relatively soft schedule, and it starts on on uh, on Saturday against Prop. Providence. That's a game that that you know it's it's a must win really. I think not you know because you want to you need to win that game just because well yeah just because you need to win that game you know you need to win that game against a Providence team that tonight just got blown out by uh, by Georgetown. They are not good. Butler at home is a winnable game. These need to be two wins now going into Villanova. You need to build yourself uh, uh, continue to pull yourself off that bubble more and more secure into the NCAA tournament, and hey, you know, then you roll your dice. But hey, great job out of this team tonight, but now it's time to build off of that and uh, and continue this run of play going forward. And I think that, you know, 5-3 and three down the stretch, 6-2 and two down the stretch is a certainly a reasonable expectation for this team now to only lose two or three more Big East games down the stretch, but they need to be consistent, which they haven't been all season. But oh, let's hope that this is a turning point uh, for the Red Storm now in their last eight games of Big East play. But, you know, but yeah, it's a huge win for the Red Storm. Uh, we're happy to have David G. Combs back to break it all down. Uh, you'll remember we had David on a couple times earlier in the season. He did a great job, so I, uh, I had to reach out and have him back on again. So he's back on. Uh, enjoy the interview with David G. Combs. We're going to break it down, and then I'll be back at the end of the interview to uh, to take us home tonight or tomorrow whenever you're listening, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, we're now joined once again by David G. Combs of Rumble in the Garden. 
He covers the Red Storm for the SB Nation blog, Rumble in the Garden. Does a great job there. Was covering the game last night, and it's been a while since we've last had David on, so had to extend the invitation to him to come back on to break down Marquette. David, how are you doing? How you been? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it, it's been a while, and... Uh, when we, I'm trying to think when we last had you on. I'm, I'm trying to think like where St. John's was in in the season, but it's definitely been uh, up and down since you since you've uh, been on. But hopefully this will uh, this will give them a boost. Maybe you can give them a boost. <laughs> Yeah, sounds good. Always, uh, always happy to provide a lift when I can. <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, the uh, the Red Storm are riding high after last night's win over Marquette. Uh, what was seventy to sixty nine? The one point win, dramatic win, big lead, lost it, but then held on in the end. Shamori Pons was clutch and some clutch defensive plays. Um, I saw this discussion on Twitter, and I wanted to get your take on it. Um, some were saying if this was the biggest win of the Chris Mullen era. Uh, Zach Braziller, I saw, was getting into some conversations about that. Um, I personally, I, I, I want to get, I, I actually want to get your take first. So, is this the biggest win of the Chris Mullen era when you look at what they did last year? Um, I, I definitely think there were some uh, some success in some areas that people have been concerned about. Uh, but as far as biggest or most iconic, I, I have a tough time saying it's, I, I know it's in conference, but I have a tough time saying it's bigger than the, the Duke win last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I suppose it's certainly up there. Uh, Marquette, you know, was a top 10 ranked team and I suppose still is, but um, it, it just matters more in conference, I guess. So I, I understand where the conversation's coming from, but I, I still go back to that Duke game last season. Yeah, and I, I I think that 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 whole week really Duke and Villanova last year, I think that's I, I I'm I'm trying not to completely say what they said, but but you know that does feel like it was the best win, but at the end of the day that team wasn't going anywhere. So I think that sure. that my my reasoning for thinking this is the biggest win is just because now St. John's is in a position where if they just play their schedule out and win the games that they should win, especially at home, just win the game that you should win and you should be in the tournament now. Uh, yes, unfortunately, it's the season's been kind of you know if they win the games they should have been hasn't been unfortunately <laughs> a, the outcome we've we've uh, come to expect. Uh-huh. But you you know I I think that do, would you agree I think that that if they if they just take care of business at this point it's going to take something drastic for them to really fall off. I mean they what they have eight games left. I, I think. It, Anything worse than five and three would would almost be classified as a disaster when you look at the remaining schedule, who's left, and a lot of those games being at home. Would you agree? Uh, yes, I, I I agree with that. And a lot of those at home, and you know we haven't seen Xavier yet, but they haven't been great. And mm-hmm. It's uh, definitely some very winnable games down the stretch. Yeah, and, and even Providence twice, you know, Providence just looked terrible tonight against against Georgetown as we're recording this. These are winnable games that, that you know, you've put yourself in a position now where, where there's no reason why you shouldn't be hear your name called on Selection Sunday. Um, yeah, that's my thinking as well. Even before the uh, the Marquette game, they were saying St. John's was like one of the last four in. Yeah, uh-huh. So now we've, they've, they've got that kind of gold star to maybe get them over any questions or any humps, which... Which probably helps the argument that it is the biggest win in uh, Coach Mullen's uh, career, but mm-hmm. um, certainly they've uh, they they've taken advantage of this road trip more than than. Uh, Maybe it could have been expected. Oh, def- definitely. Yeah, I, I think that 
especially after the Georgetown loss, when when I think most of the fan base was saying, let's just at least I was saying, let's just get the two and two, uh, you know, this Georgetown game, and then the three game road trip, really expecting that one of those losses would be Duke, and it was obviously, but um, you know, losing that game to Georgetown, I did not think that they were going to go two and one and and win these two 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 of the next three on the road, and you know, well that that kind of segues into my next question for you. You know, we, we, we rip on Chris Mullen a lot, and, and most of it is justified uh, for, you know, his in-game uh, coaching, sometimes not having the team prepared. But to you, what does it say about him as a coach that, you know, this team, not that they look so poor against Duke, but they were they got their do- doors blown off against, uh, against Duke to come out and to play so well, really from the opening tip against Marquette. You know, what does that say to you about Mullen's cl- coaching philosophy and maybe these guys kind of buying into it a little bit? Um, I, I definitely think the guys want to battle, enjoy playing for for Coach Mullen, want to you know want to make make sure that they're winning for him. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as getting the doors blown off of Duke, I mean it was a national TV game. Um, obviously the, uh, the you know Duke is comes in with a resume they've they've earned. So um, I'm sure there was a there was a rebound factor that. You know these these guys are fighters. They do want to show that they're not the team that lost by by thirty to Duke. Um, but as as far as going back to, to Coach Mullen, they're willing to play for him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And even with the the shorter rotate shorter than usual rotation they had um, at Marquette, they were willing to do just enough to make sure they could get a win. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really shows, you know, just how talented this team is, how resilient this team is. That, you know, that was like you said, it was a national game against Duke, and to lose by thirty, it's still a lot. You know, it's still a lot to take, and to really be able to put that on the back burner with, like you said, a limited lineup, that speaks volumes. And I guess that could almost frustrate you a little bit when you see that this team is capable of doing something like they did uh, on Tuesday night against Marquette. It's almost a little bit frustrating when, when you know that we're even having a conversation that they were near the bubble, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just uh, there were certain games, uh, some easy games that uh, that would have been nice to win. I, I don't want to say Georgetown was easy. No, and Georgetown's looked good recently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But that's that's a game St. John's on paper. I almost marked down as a W. Uh-huh. And it's just been some of those games that they've kind of looked like that. Um. To be able to look as good as they did against another top ten team, um, it, it's it's the, the inconsistency kind of in conference play. I guess has been a big concern, kind of why they're five hundred. So it looks like they've got some uh, some things figured out. Exactly, and I think we hope to now that this will almost spark some consistency with them. Um, you know, we talked about the limited rotation, but one guy who was playing last night was Shimori Pons. Uh, 13 of their four, final 14 points, the game-winning layup with, what, uh, 14 seconds left or something like that. Um, you know, you know, just obviously one of the better games of his career. He had, he had a kind of a quiet 28 points, I think, in my opinion. Only hit the 1-3. It was a huge one to put them up by uh, by six down the stretch. But, you know, you know, Shimori Pons, I felt like this was a legacy game for him, you know, where he just we've seen it earlier in the season against Cal against VCU against Georgia Tech where he said you know I'm putting the team on my back here and we're going to win this game it felt like that's what happened last night where he was just going to drag this team to a win no matter what uh, it, it kind of felt that way down the stretch um, uh, also I mean Justin Simon was obviously uh, fantastic uh-huh. pulling up the box score now should have had it out but uh-huh. um, 
I mean, it's uh, scoring third. It, when the team started running out of gas, I mean, they, the ball seemed to keep keep going back to his hand, and that's kind of players of his caliber uh, should be doing. It's you know playing their best down the stretch when the game's on the line. So I I think that speaks volumes of uh, of him as a as a go to guy uh, in uh, college. Yeah, yeah, and and that like like you said, you know when everyone seemed tired on on both sides of the ball, but especially St. John's because they were playing a little bit limited, um, and Ponds himself seemed kind of tired, and I think that as well speaks volumes to you know his playmaking ability and his his ability to to come up in the clutch when you could tell he was winded too, like, like he was he was kind of uh, puffing and puffing at the end of the game there too. Yeah, I think both him and Simon, if they didn't play. 40 minutes apiece, uh, they they were definitely up there. So it's... Um, yeah, they both played you know. 40, actually. I, I, yeah, they, they actually both played the entire game. Let, let's talk about Simon, though. You know, uh, 19.6 rebounds, 3 assists. He had a steal, he had a block. He was, like you said, he was doing everything. Um, it's it's funny, actually, because I, I was... I, 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 I apologize to whoever this was, but I was tweeting with someone uh, the other day about you know whether they should almost bench Simon and play Keita, uh to start and to have Simon come off the bench as like a, a six man off the bench, and then he comes out there and he, he uh, hits eight of his eleven shots and scores nineteen points. I mean. Simon, I think, is almost one of the most important guys in this offense to get him going because when he is going, especially offensively, and when he's hitting 8 of 11 shots, that legitimately gives you five playmakers uh, on the court at one time, at least in your starting five, that can score. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's not like they were finding different ways to get him involved. Uh, he didn't play much against Duke, but I know they were kind of almost giving him the the example, uh, like about the Rajon Rondo treatments, leaving, <laughs> giving him almost 10 feet of space. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And they were able to find the ways to get him involved, finishing out the basket and kind of doing what he does well. And uh, he was able to convert um, I, I imagine we'll see more of that for the rest of the way. Yeah, and that would definitely be good for them if um, if he can, can kind of keep that up. I mean, he's never going to shoot that well. But like you said, being able to create his own shots like he was last night, that's huge for them uh, down the stretch because that gives you another guy that can create his own shot. Um, let's talk Mustafa Heron now. He, he started off real, real hot, ended up only scoring uh, 10 points in this game. And I think he had like, I think he had nine in the first, in the first half. So he was really quiet in the, uh, in the second half. But what I want to talk about is his defense on that final play of Marcus Howard. I mean, what, what a heck of a play by him to, to, to one, to not foul, two, to not lose his composure when it looked like Howard traveled and three, to still contest the shot that Howard shot that Howard took to win the game. Just, like things like that. Are what you gotta love about Mustafa Aaron? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it looked like he kind of bit on something Howard did. Uh-huh. Labeled, was athletic enough and disciplined enough to be able to, like he said, not foul and recover, still get a hand in his face. Mm-hmm. And, and those are those are things that Heron did last night that we we didn't see in years previous with this program. You know, you always talk. We always talk about how this is kind of a new year for this program, and they've turned a new page. And that's one of those things. You know, Mustafa Heron not really scoring in this game, not really getting all that involved offensively, kind of disappearing offensively, but still has the composure there to play defense down the stretch against who the guy who might be the Big East Player of the Year if Shamori Pons doesn't win it, and and you know shutting him down there. On that last play. Yeah, certainly when you're, um, I don't remember who was talking about it, but you know, this team feeds off of scoring the ball and mm-hmm. looking good on offense, and 
uh, the fact that he had a relatively, I, I said quiet, quiet offensive night with 10 points, but uh, we have a relatively quiet night and still find ways to, to compete and choose to be dominant within the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, there's a couple guys like that, and it's kind of kind of fun to watch with this team. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, r- rounding out the uh, the scores now for St. John's, Marvin Clark went scoreless in this game. He was in foul trouble again. They got to get him going. I mean, uh, you know, he only took four shots. He missed all four of his three-pointers that he took. Uh, they they got to get him going down the stretch if, if they want to, uh, you know, not even get him going. They just got to keep him out of foul trouble, you know? Uh, yeah, offensively, it looked like uh, Mustafa was getting a lot of his actions and catch-and-shoot situations at the – at the top of the uh, the top, like free throw line extended, the top uh-huh. of the three point arc right there. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, defensively, he had a tough challenge. I mean, Theo John's more of a traditional post player, and he was having to, uh, you know, spend a lot definitely competing on that end. But uh, finding a way to get all five, because regularly the St. John's has four or five scores out there, it's finding ways to get them in positions to. To make e- to take easy shots and then convert easy shots, um, it's definitely no easy task with uh, with that much offensive firepower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and now we look forward and uh, Providence coming up now on on Saturday at the Garden. Well, will you be there on Saturday to cover that game? I'll be there. You will be there. There you go. Um, so Providence coming up, then Butler uh, next Tuesday, followed by the the uh, rematch with Villanova. I, I think that. This needs to be a two and one homestand now at the worst for St. John's. You need to take care of business against Providence. You need to take care of business against Butler, and then you see what happens against Villanova. Would you agree? Um, I, I think St. John's was a pretty decent shot at Villanova. Uh-huh. I mean, last time they played them, they uh, gave them all they could handle and more. So that now that they're at home, hopefully that's enough to kind of put them over the edge. But. As far as going two and one, I think that gets them on that track to finish the season without more than three regular season losses the rest of the way. Uh Um, But, I I mean, Providence and Butler should be very winnable games. Especially at home. Mm-hmm. And what what's your, to close us out now? What's your uh, what's your expectations after last night's game? I, I mean, they have to be bumped up a little bit. We don't want to overreact and say you know Final Four or something like that. But but uh, you know you know what's a reasonable expectation in, in your in your eyes for the remainder of the regular season, the Big East tournament, and hopefully the NCAA tournament. Um, I mean, obviously making the tournament seems like the the threshold for, for having success given the, the amount of talent this team has. But, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, playing a game on the second weekend of the tournament, I think, would be towards the ceilings of reasonable expectations. Getting into the tournament, I'm, I'm guessing at this point it'd be between a 8 and a 10 seed, mm-hmm. win a couple games, and... Um, I think that'd be a good way to go into the offseason. I, I agree, yeah. I, I think that the, the reasonable ceiling is probably a Sweet 16, which, like, like you know, if you can't complain if they if this team... I, honestly, though, if they win a tournament game, I think I'd be happy at this point, to be honest. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I mean, these guys seem to get up for the big games, and uh, Duke, I think, is more the outlier than anything. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I think they'll be okay in a tournament setting where it's tough to prepare for them and it's almost talent more talented kind of team kind of wins mm-hmm, uh, not more so than the preparation yeah that's a, that's a great point 
uh, David, thank you for uh, for coming on and helping me uh, recap the game. I, I hope uh, maybe I'll run into uh, one of these days. I'm not going. I'm not going to Providence on on Sunday on Saturday. I can't unfortunately, but I know I'll be at one of these games at Carnesecca or the Garden down the stretch. So maybe I'll run into you and uh, I can meet you for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Looking forward to shaking your hand and uh, making sure you're a real person. That'd be, uh, that'd be neat. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you again, and uh, uh, good luck the rest of the way. You do a great job, obviously. So uh, you know, good good luck with everything, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, before the season ends again. And we'll, hopefully we won't take a couple months off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, and thanks. Looking forward to it. All right, have a good night, man. All right, you too. Right, okay, big thanks to David there once again for coming on for, I think, the third time now. Uh, it's been a while, though, since we've had David on, so thank you again to him for for coming on on short notice and helping break down the Marquette win. And now we turn our attention forward to Providence this Saturday at Madison Square Garden. Uh, if you have a ticket, go be loud, have a good time, and hopefully cheer on the Red Storm and what needs to, well, what should be an easy win over a Providence team that they're flat out better than. You know, you saw Providence uh, on Wednesday night if you were watching. They, they got they got beaten easily by Georgetown. This is not a good Providence team. This is a home game for St. John's. And <clears throat> to be honest, I'm, I'm declaring it a must win for the Red Storm. You cannot lose that game now after toppling Marquette. You cannot You have a, any sort of a hangover. You have a couple days off. There can't be any sort of a hangover. This needs to be an easy win for the Red Storm. Um, you know, and and then you and then you move forward and you play Butler and you try to pick up another win before you you, uh, you take on Villanova, a team that you get a chance to have revenge on after you nearly beat them earlier in the season on the road. So, you know, like I said, no reason why this team shouldn't be able to go at least five and three, but hopefully six and two. Uh, down the stretch in Biggie's play and really easily then find themselves in the NCAA tournament picture. And it all starts on Saturday against Providence. So if you have a ticket, get out there and go. Uh, unfortunately, I won't, able to, I won't be able to be there. But for those of you who are, you know, bring the ruckus. Let, let's get loud there and let's show some support for this team. And, uh, you know, let, let's get a win now and let's keep building, which we haven't been able to do really all this season. Let's build on a win or all this Big East season. Let's build on a win now and uh, and get some momentum going forward. That just about wraps up the show, though. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. As always, hope that you guys enjoyed David Combs. And uh, we'll be back probably next week for another uh, for maybe an instant recap of the Butler game. And I will talk to you guys then. Let's go, Johnnies.